0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Tiantahillim. Tonight, we are learning Perek Vav. And in this Perek, David is suffering from a deathly painful illness that is putting him at risk of death. And he's expressing here his anguish and asking Hashem for healing and also predicting that his enemies who are happy to see him sick and are waiting for him to die will be shocked and embarrassed when Hashem miraculously comes and saves him. I'm also using this opportunity tonight to enlighten all of you on a life-altering method of healing yourself from past wounds that are affecting you in the present. So tonight's class will be longer than usual, but I'm really excited to share this with all of you so that with Hashem's help, we could see real shifts in the areas of our lives that we might be stuck in and we could move up to bigger and better places. Okay, Pasuk Aleph. Parak perek vav lam bineginos al hashminis mizmar leDavid for the leader with instrumental music on the shminis a psalm of David. Okay, so we spoke about lam like I think two parakim ago, and we gave some explanations for it. We said it, it could be that David's talking to the conductor. Um, here, the way we're gonna define lam is to the one who grants victory. So David is talking to Hashem here, to, and he's, the way he's referring to Hashem is that he's saying to the, that Hashem, you're the one who grants victory. Because although this parak is an expression of David's pain and sickness and challenges and torment, he's actually starting off here on a very high note. And he's saying that despite everything I'm going to say, I know that Hashem is going to grant me victory. Shminis. Let's look at the word Shminis. That the the Shemines is an eight stringed harp from the word Shmonah. we see the word eight in here why what's the significance of this Perek being played with with an accompanied by an eight stringed harp, so the number eight symbolizes when Hashem goes above nature and does something out of the ordinary, out of the regular laws of Teva. And David knows that in order for him to be healed from this illness that's so severe, Hashem would really need to go out of the laws of nature to to heal him. So he uses specifically this instrument as a, a symbol for that. Hashem Oh Hashem, do not punish me in anger. Do not do not chastise me in fury. Okay, so we have two different ways here of saying of David saying that he doesn't want Hashem to, you know, to rebuke him in anger. Ba'abcha sochicheni means don't don't. Ba'apcha means like an outward anger that you're expressing in a loud type of way. So don't rebuke me. Rebuke means like, don't give me unpleasant words that are designed to get me to fix my ways out of apra, out of anger. And v'alba chamascha, chema, is an anger that sits in a person's heart. That's not outwardly being expressed. It's like simmering within. And so he's saying, don't give me yasurim siyasreni with your inward you know, with all of that anger that's inside of you, and Yisurim is, is like a, a harsher form of tochacha, of the tochichaini. Yesurim is, you know, also there to help fix us and fix our ways, but it's instead of words, it's actually painful ordeals that Hashem sends to get us to change and to grow. Hashem, Hashem ki ani Hashem favor me Hashem for i am weak heal me Hashem for my bones shake with terror so khaneni so he's saying Hashem I, I I can't like I tried everything I arrived at the gate of death no healer could heal me my only hope is that you should find gain in me you should find favor in me and you should give me grace um Hashem so so right now Hashem I need your grace To stop this sickness from continuing, I'm so weak; I can't handle it anymore. Rafa'ini Hashem, and also in the future, cure me from the from the wounds that I am suffering. V'nafshi next pasuk pasuk dalid v'nafshi nevhalama od v'ata Hashem admasai. My spirit is stricken with terror, and You Hashem, how long? Okay, so David in the previous pasuk was saying that my bones are shaking with terror he was talking about his physical being being very weak and being scared and here he's saying nivhalamaod my but my soul is stricken with terror it's nivhalamaod it's more than nivhaluatsamai more than my bones are shaking with terror my physical body it's nivhalamaod i am extra extra terrified i'm 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 in great dread i'm stricken with a great terror um, because because of my soul, why is he so much more fearful about his soul than he is for his body? So in Mishli it says, "Ruach ishichalkel machalehu." The spirit of man is what is what revives him from his sickness. Is what is what cures him. So he's saying here, Hashem, my physical body is not well. Okay. But that's when I need my soul. That's when I need my spirit to 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 bring me up from my illness. And but my soul is also trembling and and stricken. So now I'm really afraid because if the backup plan is not in place, if my soul is not here to take care of me, then I really can't depend on anything. And the only thing I can depend on is you. So I really don't depend, Hashem. He's saying don't depend on my soul to heal me on the on my spirit, but because that's also. That's also not functioning right now. Admasai. So he's saying, "Va'ata Hashem admasai." It's almost like he's a sick patient, like in pain, waiting for the doctor to appear in the hospital room. Like, when is this doctor going to show up already? Shuva Hashem chalta nafshi, hoshiyeni laman chastecha. Oh Hashem, turn, release my soul, save me as befits your faithfulness. So R' says here that David is asking for Hashem to release his soul. From the clutches of terror that it's in, it's so bound up with terror and, and so the healing powers are not being released. So here he's saying, please release my soul so that all the healing powers in it can do their work and save my body. Also, he's saying, another way of understanding this is, Hashem, I, I'm so sick, I feel like I, I my soul is going to leave. So he's asking to please don't make him die. Release his soul from the clutches of this illness. Why? Why does he not want to die? For there is no praise of you among the dead, and Sha'ol, who can acclaim you? So David's saying here, once I'm dead, I'm not going to be able to do the mitzvot. I won't be able to praise you. What's the point? Keep me alive so that I can continue to to be making a Kiddush Hashem. Continue to praise you. It says in Ishaya Chaihu Yodecha, a person who's alive can praise Hashem. Once a person's dead, it's too late. Next, Pasuk, Yagati ban chasi asche, mitasi, I am weary with groaning. Every night I drench my bed. I melt my couch in tears. Okay, so the word asche, mitasi. I drench my bed every night. Asche literally means I cause to swim. So he was literally crying so many tears in his bed every night, it was almost like he was swimming in his bed. And David really was very, very sick, and he was bedridden for Chazal us for 13 years, and he cried so much that his bedding was so wet it had to be changed seven times a night. mikas eni aska My eye is dimmed with anger, Aged by my tormentors. So why is he angry? He's angry because his enemies who are against him are actually happy to see that he's sick and they're waiting for him to die. But not only is he angry at his enemies, he's also taking an accountability and realizing that my enemies wouldn't be able to harm me if not for my own sins. So therefore, he's pointing to his eyes, his eyes with which he sinned with Bacheva, where he saw Bacheva and he took her prematurely. He's, he's referring to that part of his body that created the sin to show that, you know, that it's not just about the enemies. I'm taking responsibility here also. And I know that really this all started out with me and my my eyes, Surumi Meni Kapoale Aven Kishama Hashem Kol Go away from me, all you evil doers, for the God heeds the sound of my weeping. So the evil doers here are all of his enemies that are wishing bad upon him. Kishama Hashem. He's saying Hashem heard the sound of my weeping in in, in past tense. So this is kind of showing, like this is showing us how we need to be davening. When we daven for the future, we need to already feel as if we were already heard. Our tfilos have to come from that place of emuna that's so strong that Shama Hashem, He already heard me. Kol Bechi, the sound of my weeping. Here David is, the Svarno says, David's attributing the acceptance of his prayers. The fact that he knows his prayer is going to be accepted. How is he so confident about it? Because even when the gates of prayer are locked, Hashem still hears the kol bechi shari dima eina Ninalin. The gate of tears, they, those those gates never lock. So he's saying, because of all my crying and weeping, I know that Hashem is going to hear me. Shama Hashem tchinasi, Hashem tfilasi kach. Hashem heeds my plea, Hashem accepts my prayer. It sounds like we're saying the same thing twice in this Pasuk. So what's going on here? Shema Hashem um, Tchinasi means that Hashem hears, up till now, he hears me, he hears everything I'm asking for. And he's, my whole life heard everything I'm asking for. And therefore, because of that, I know Hashem tefilasi yi kach, He will, therefore I know that He will in the future also continue to accept my prayer. Like we say in Nishmas, Ad azarunu rachamecha, Until now, Hashem, your rachamim has helped me. Therefore I know you're never going to leave me forever. You're always going to be with me. And we have to know that Hashem is not like human beings. Us limited human beings, just because we do a favor for somebody one time or even more than one time, it doesn't mean that they could trust that we're going to continue to be able to do it, to do it right? We're, we're limited. We have limited resources. We have limited patience. We get burnt out. There's so many reasons why we wouldn't necessarily be able to continue doing pe- good for people, But Hashem is not like this. Hashem is a consistently reliable. And we could know that since I know I've been taken care of, my needs have been taken care of, I've been okay until now, I could know that's how I know without a doubt that I'm going to continue to be taken care of. So just as an example, let's say, um, your kid, just to show you the, the difference, the humans versus God, like your kids come over to you at night, just by the way, public service announcement, PSA to all parents. Anytime your kid, you know, comes over to you while you're on a serious deep phone call or you're talking to your sister about something exciting that happened that day or whatever it is, beware. Those kids might be asking you to sign your life away. They might be bringing you a test that has a a, a, a 50 on it. You, something's going on, right? The kids are not stupid. They're coming to you, they're asking you to sign something or to answer something then because they know that you're just going to wave them away and give them whatever they want, right? So Let's say a kid comes and asks you while you're on the phone, Ma, can I stay up for another hour, right? And if you're in a serious call and you can't discuss it now, okay, whatever, fine, right? But does that mean that tomorrow night you're going to grant them that same, you know, hour late bedtime? No way, right? The kid knows. Like, I, I lucked out. But with Hashem, we don't have to wait till he's on the phone to ask him. Hashem is always... There to, to be good for, to do good for us. And he's always reliable that the fact that he did it in the past for us does in fact show and, and, and does, is in fact supposed to give us that amuna and that belief that he's going to continue doing that for us in the future. Um, how does this apply to us like right now? Right now in our life, what's going on? What's going on is that sleepweight camp is starting in about, uh, supposed to be starting at least in a couple of short days and no i have no clue where i'm sending let's say my oldest daughter to sleepaway camp i have about 3 options that are up in the air as maybes and that's it that's all i can hold on to right now i have i know nothing for certain and therefore i didn't even think about camp nothing but what i could either panic or i could remember that throughout my life there have been so many times that i was unsure so many times I didn't know how things were going to pan out. I didn't know what I was going to do about A, B, C, whatever it was. And everything just somehow fell into place. So we have to, this is when we have, you know, in these uncertain times, when we're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow, when things are not usual like they usually are, that's when I need to go back into my life and remember that Arhena azarunu rachamecha that Hashem has always listened to me, and therefore, I know Hashem tefilasi kach He's going to continue to hear my prayers and be there for me, and, and give me what I need to get by, even in the in the best ways, not just to get by. So, also just one last mussel on this topic because I'm, I'm passionate about this topic. Uh, I really feel this is the basis for all of our amuna To constantly be looking and seeing for, you know, looking for that evidence of where Hashem was good to you in your life, and where He helped you, and where you thought you weren't going to get by, and then you did somehow. My, at the end of the day, you ended up where you are right now in one piece, hopefully. So, you know, that really is the basis for the continued amuna in the future. So just to give you another mashah, like think for example of a a couple and the husband is so good with the kids and he's always taking the kids out to give his wife a break and he plays games with them and he has patience with them, way more than the wife even. And one night, and and to to the extent that like her friends are jealous of her, right? Like your husband is so amazing with the kids. And one night she has to go out, she has a Nesheh event and she gets dressed and she's ready to leave and before she leaves, she goes over to her husband, and he can see she's really nervous and anxious about something. And she said, and he says, "What's the matter?" And you know, he's in the middle of like bathing one of the kids. And she goes, "You know, well, I'm really worried. I'm nervous that I'm leaving the house, and and who's going to watch the kids? Like, you know, I don't usually go out at night, and and what if something happens to them? What if uh, what if one of them turns on the toaster oven or something? I don't know. And you uh, know, who's going to watch them?" So, of course, you can imagine how insulted and how pained this husband is going to be. Like, are you serious? Like, for real? You know, like, could you really be saying this right now? Do you not appreciate everything that I do for you? And this is the way I look at the way, you know, our relationship with Hashem. When we start to panic, when we start to think, well, I have an eshe now and I got to go and who's going to watch the kids, right? When we start to think, well, camp is in five days and I don't know which one I'm going to. It's going to be awful, right? That's a lack of bitachon. And that is the same type of thing, right? Where you're you're taking the God that took care of you your whole life and did everything you needed from A to Z. And, and he's doing that every second. And you're maching avek with it. Like, eh, you never really did anything. And now I'm anxious about what's going to be in the future. Yevoshu last <laughs> Yevoshu ma'od kol Yashuvu Yevoshu Raga. Let all my foes be shamed and terrified. They will regret and be instantly ashamed. So, Metudeh David says here that Vibahalu is like the enemies of David who are wishing for him to die and waiting. They're going to be like stunned. They're going to be terrified, like in a way of like bewilderment, like when something that we never thought possible to come about, all of a sudden comes about out of the blue. Like they're going to be shocked and they're going to be scared because he's the king. And Lamai said they were wishing bad on him. So they're all going to come to apologize and they're going to be embarrassed that they wished bad on the king. But Davina and you know, in his amazing Midos, he says, Yashuvu, they'll return. They're going to come back begging on their knees, yevoshu, and they'll be embarrassed, but what? But Raga. Only momentarily. Why will they only be embarrassed momentarily? Because I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to find it in my heart to forgive them and to move on. And what a lesson in forgiveness. If David could forgive people who are wishing him to die, surely we could hopefully find it in our heart to forgive people who um, who did lesser things to us. Okay, so in this parak we see that David asked Hashem here to heal him. And he expresses his complete confidence in his signature way, that his supernatural healing is actually going to take place. He has no doubt. And David is modeling for us here that we need to take our physical health seriously. We need to take our physical health seriously. And he explains here very clearly that our emotional health, our spirit, our ruach has a major impact on our physical health as well. So tonight I want to use this opportunity that's really knocking on my door here to, and it's, it's, it's something that's, it's a lot for me to teach. It's, it's ambitious of me and I, I was concerned that is this the right thing to do here on the line? Is it not? But I really feel, you know, the more I, I delved into this, I realized how important it is to bring this to the public, to bring this awareness, to spread this awareness in the world, and tonight I want to take a look at the concept of healing ourselves from emotional wounds that actually take up physical space in our bodies that we might not even realize that they're, they're so subconscious and buried so deep from the past, and we want to heal, we want to learn a method tonight of how to heal these wounds that continue to trigger unfavorable reactions and behaviors in us in the present. And they even serve to attract difficulties and pain in our life. They, they, they sit inside of us, those deep emotional wounds of the past, and they like magnetically attract negative experiences into our life. So it's so important. We're seeing here in this park the importance of healing, the importance of dealing with our emotions to, to help us in a physical way. And, um, I want to, but before we get into this, and I'm going to, I'm going to do a healing with you tonight. But first, it's important to understand how is it possible for negative emotions of the past to create wounds that affect us so deeply today? How does that work? So emotions are energies, energies that are generated by the body in order to bring us important information about things that we need to know. And energies are meant, these, these emotional energies are meant to be experienced, to be processed, and to be released. But unfortunately, we have all gone through negative experiences in our life that we were not able to process properly. Maybe because we were little kids and little kids, you know, when some, when somebody, when something bad happens in their life, sometimes they look at that as a definition of who they are, right? Kids don't know how to process what's going on. And maybe we didn't process this emotion properly because it was too overwhelming or it was too traumatic or too intense. There could be different reasons for this. So there are actually hundreds of these emotions that were never processed and never released, and they're trapped in our bodies and they affect us adversely in our present lives in ways that we can't even imagine. So we need to be aware that any emotion that we have that seems out of proportion or that seems extra intense, really in actuality, those are emotions not from the present. Those are emotions from the past that are stored away energetically in our bodies and that have not been cleared. And these emotions, they give us messages about ourself. And they give us messages about life that could be off, could be totally untrue, could be damaging, but they're subconsciously embedded in us and they could really end up sabotaging us from becoming our best self and living our best life. So, for example, Someone, let's say, who was mistreated by a teacher or a parent or a sibling or a friend as a child, right? They might be carrying around subconscious beliefs about themselves as a result of of, of the shame or the embarrassment or the hurt that they experienced. And she might have concluded in that time in her life that, I guess I'm not worthy of better treatment. I guess I'm somehow insignificant or not, not so valuable, not so important. And this belief that she has in her, right? If she, if she's, if that's still in her, it could affect her going forward and it can make her constantly doubt herself. It can make her, you know, I think we could all understand what this does to a person, right? We all feel in some way a little less than. We don't, no one feels like they're perfect. So if somebody has this deep wound from the past that wasn't healed, it could really affect her in many ways. She could be afraid to take risks and accomplish her goals in life. Um, she, it could, this, it could, she could end up accepting mistreatment from others because she's used to that and that's what she's comfortable with. So whatever she concluded about herself as a result of the mistreatment from her past can really hijack her quality of life in the present. So people spend years in therapy trying to heal past experiences, trying to move on and just like shed all of this baggage. But very often the effects of the past, they just keep creeping up on us. And we don't understand, like, how can I get rid of this already? So how can we heal for real? How can we really heal those parts of us permanently and on our own without having to rely on paying a ton of money and spending a ton of time, how can we do this all by ourselves? So I'm here to introduce you tonight to a tool that some of you may be already incorporating into your life. Others of you may have rolled your eyes at this idea in the past like me, and that is the concept of healing ourselves through specific healing meditations. Even a few years ago, if someone said the word meditation, I would roll my eyes. Like, you know, I would think to myself, who has the patience to sit and do nothing while like some boring lady with a monotone voice and a British accent is rambling on and on, you know, pointlessly. Uh, while, while my, uh, while my kugel is burning in the oven or my kids' bus is honking outside. But once I started using meditation as a tool regularly, to heal my past emotions, a whole new world of healing was opened up to me. And that's why I feel so strongly and passionately about sharing this important topic with you tonight. So before you hang up on me or you run to Torah anytime for some better speech out there, you need to know that through the tool of meditation, we are actually able to bypass the conscious mind and access all of the archived memories that are stored in our subconscious so that finally we can clear those emotions and reprogram ourselves. So tonight I'm going to be walking you through a healing meditation and this is just one of many different variations of healing meditations but I really want to show you how it's done. Before I begin, be aware that if you don't get any major information from this meditation, meaning we're going to go in to our body and really get information about our past, but if no major, you know, no major breakthrough or information is coming for you to your mind, it doesn't mean that meditations don't work for you it doesn't mean that you should give up. It just means that we need practice getting in touch with the messages that our body is giving us. And the more and more we practice with it, the more amazed you're going to be at how much your body actually communicates with you and how much it wants to cooperate with this healing. And it wants to be part of it. And it has so much information to bring you. Okay, so if you happen to be on your morning jog right now, as you're listening to this, you might want to pause the recording and do this when you get home and when you're actually uh sitting or lying down. Okay. Before we begin, settle into a comfortable place that is free of distraction. Choose an unresolved area of your life that you would like to work on. Where are you finding yourself stuck? Is it your career? Your marriage? Your finances? Parenting? Your social or spiritual life? For example, are you in a difficult relationship with someone? Are you having a hard time making money? Maybe you have fears or phobias that you want to get past. So set the clearing of this issue as your intention for this healing. Now gently close your eyes and turn your attention to your breath. Begin to feel grateful For every inhale and exhale. Inhale deeply. Hold for five seconds. And exhale. And again, inhale. Hold for five seconds. and exhale inhale hold and exhale as you inhale see all the air being drawn into your lungs and filling them up infusing life into every cell of your body and as you exhale Breathe out any stress or negativity you might be carrying. Envision a cord going from the base of your spine all the way down through the crust of the earth, rooting you firmly in your place. And start allowing your body now to release Release your hold on it. Surrender to the force of gravity. And now I want you to envision that about a foot above your head is a glowing ball of light. This light represents the all-knowing, unconditionally loving light of your neshama. Picture the crown of your head opening up and in flows this warm, glowing, golden light and it's permeating every part of your body, your head flowing down into your neck, into your chest and arms and hands. all the way down till the bottom of your toes. This light is filling your body with safety and love. Now ask Hashem to help this healing light guide and direct you, to show you where is the energy of this unresolved issue stuck in my body. The energy that represents this blockage in your body might feel like a heaviness or a tingling or maybe it's prickly. It's a discomfort of some sort that you'll feel somewhere in your body, even in a subtle way. Where is this dense energy Where is the sensation of this blockage in your body? Is it in your feet, your stomach, your head, multiple places in your body? Where is it? Now, if you were to give this energy a shape, size, color, texture, what would it look like inside your body? Trust that whatever comes to your mind is right. So what shape is it? Is it round, square, in the shape of a cloud or any other shape? How big is it? What color is it? Is it rough? Smooth? Bumpy? So now we will try to get some information from this part of your body. If you don't get any information from it, just be aware that that is okay. Just shine the loving light of your nishama that's swirling around within you onto this part of your body and feel the love, the unconditional love and support of this light surrounding and supporting this wound in your body. Now ask this part of your body, how old are you? And really trust the age that comes to mind. And now with curiosity and even fascination and of course With all the love from the healing light. Ask it. Ask this part of your body. What are you all about? Do you have any words or feelings to share with me? Now take a few moments to see the memory that is being conjured up in your mind. What recollection is appearing see yourself where are you in this scene Who are you with? What are you doing? What are you seeing? How do you feel? Now. As your adult self that you are today, come up close to her now. Come up close to this little you, to this younger you, to soothe and comfort her. You can see yourself holding her or hugging her, whatever feels right to you. Let her know that you are her future self and you have come to help her out. And ask her, what decisions are you making about the nature of reality now? What beliefs or ideas are you now internalizing about yourself or about life and really hear what she has to say and now as the current grown-up you who is infused completely by the light of your higher self, by the wisdom of your neshama? What new empowering belief can you give her about herself, about others, about life? What can you replace the old disempowering belief with? Is the new message that she is valuable, that she's important, capable, loved, is it that the world is safe and everything is evolving for her highest good? Is it an insight into how healthy relationships work or about how she deserves to be treated? See her absorbing and accepting this new message. Now bring her close to you and pour the healing light that holds this new empowering belief into her, from yourself into her. And you see yourselves integrating together into one unified entity. Now see her continuing through her life with this new decision about the nature of reality. What is different for her in her life as she grows up accompanied by this higher perspective she has within her now? throughout her school years, in her relationship with her family, in her married life, in her career, As a mother, feel the joy that she has in experiencing life from this new empowering belief, and in knowing that she is returning to the present liberated, refreshed, and reborn. Now go back to that area in your body where you felt the blockage, and recheck it. What does it look like now? Is it any lighter in color? Is it smaller? Is it looser? If there is a remnant of it still there, just keep shining the healing light of your neshama onto it to release it even more. And now, as you become more in touch with your surroundings and start to open your eyes, you know that you are now free to evolve into purer and higher versions of yourself. So after you finish this meditation, you can really expect to see a shift in your life through this healing. It might take some time. It's going to take time to integrate into your into your subconscious and to make a change in you. But know that in order to continue to heal trapped emotions in your body, you really need to see these healing meditations as more of a way of life. It's not a one-time thing. It needs to be. They need to be consistently practiced to keep shifting out these trapped energies. And once you shift them out, they don't come back. So when you go back in and feel something else, it's from a different memory. It's a different. It's a different thing that happened. So keep track of the, the way you're going to actually know what to do with the healing meditation on. And you can go back to the beginning of this healing and start again in another area of your life, or if you want to keep you know, still work on this specific area because there's still a a little bit of a wound there. You can go in again to clear the rest of it. So the way you're going to know though what to really work on is to keep track, really be mindful and even write down the areas of your life that make you feel triggered and the times that you find yourself overreacting And Or like an area that you feel stuck in, that like, why am I not being successful at something? Or why can't I get past a certain thing? So keep a running list of these issues. And as soon as you have time, go back to the beginning of this meditation and find the areas of your body associated with those specific issues so you could free yourself to live life to the fullest. Thank you all for listening. I hope that I brought you some important insight tonight that you'll all be taking with you into your life. Have a great night.